Happy Monday, everyone. It is another edition of the show here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. I am Colby Daniels, along with Jeremy Poplin and Scott File in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. We say hello to Dusty Dvorak via the Blitz hotline. Dusty, happy Monday, my friend. What is happening? A little bit of everything, Colby Daniels. Uh, and marvelous Monday. What a weekend. Boy, Bedlam, uh, boy, did it deliver uh, in GIA. Not the way Oklahoma State fans were hoping, but what a win. And what a shot for Mr. McCollum uh, to win the final bedlam that we have scheduled. I'm sure there will be another one somewhere, but uh, both these games this year were highly contested down to the wire, and it doesn't get any bigger, uh, any better for Oklahoma than a buzzer-beating game-winning shot uh, to close out bedlam. Wow. Uh, They needed a road win. They needed to find a way to get that one done. And obviously with the rivalry, just uh, a shot that Sooner fans will not forget anytime soon. Both games were very close, but very different, I think, in terms of of the feel you got watching them. I mean, sometimes you get really bad games that have close finishes and then people call it a great game. Uh, I I don't think that anybody would confuse the first game with a great game. Uh, The second game, I mean, that's one of the best college basketball games I think I've watched in, in a couple of years. I mean, it was thrilling from start to finish. I thought we had good play from start to finish. You get the overtime, and, you know, obviously it's a disappointing result for Oklahoma State, but in terms of the finish, I mean, my gosh, a buzzer beater, uh, the the truest sense of the word, a buzzer beater with, with uh, no other opportunities. It doesn't get any better than that. No, I cannot imagine that's what was called out of the timeout by Porter Moser because – as that thing goes up, it's just like, no, 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 yes! As, as you're a Sooner fan, because it was not a very good look. Uh, JV McCollum was in no way looking to pass that basketball, and he puts it up and it goes in. I think if it doesn't go in, it's, it's, it's the difference in winning and losing. Everybody is screaming, irate at the look, at the shot selection, and a one-point game to settle for that uh, shot. Not the smartest, but it goes down. I think a lot is forgotten, but holy cow. Um, the difference, if that ball goes in, if it goes in and it does not fall, uh, is going to be a lot of Sooner fans irate, upset, just like I'm sure a lot of Oklahoma State fans are upset. And that's just – that's the margins. That's the difference uh, between finding a way for victory or obviously um, the the agony of defeat and – Boy, I'd seen a video. Somebody it showed me a video of um, Gallagher Ibo was on fire right before that shot goes up. And as that thing goes in, you could hear a pin drop. Just wild, uh, the scene there. As we thought, that place was packed. That place brought the energy. It brought the juice. It lived up to the hype. Uh, but unfortunately for, for the crowd, the Cowboys unable to find a way to close out now and get the win. For Oklahoma, I mean, this one, I don't want to say it's a season saver necessarily, but man, you got to feel like if they lose that one, it's three in a row. It's losing to what was a week ago, the worst team in the conference. And, and, you know, there's a little bit of a different feel maybe with Oklahoma state, but, and you look at the schedule that remains, I mean, there's nobody that feels good about the trajectory OU is on. If, if that ultimately, you know, rattles out. They could easily if they, they don't win, they don't make that shot, they lose that game. They could easily have closed out the season with seven straight losses. 
That's just the truth. They're right in a two-game losing streak. They'll be favored at home against Cincinnati. That's not a gimme. They're going to be big underdogs in Ames this week. Uh, they're going to be underdogs at home next week to Houston, as we just saw Houston go down to Waco and get a big overtime victory. And they're going to be underdogs in Austin. Now, can they win a game or two in there? Sure. But they will be underdogs in three of their final four games, and winning at home against Cincinnati will not be easy. So you lose that game, you open up the door for who knows what. Uh, because then after that, you've got two top ten teams, one on the road, one at home. And Houston, I believe, became the number one overall uh, team in the AP here today with, you know, after their big win in Waco over the weekend. So I just – the last thing you would want with Cincinnati coming to town would be to sitting there uh, riding a five-game losing streak, feeling like you have to win these final two games. So I think it gives you some breathing room, and it sure felt like a must-win and one that Porter Moser desperately needed. Uh, which I think all that and the fact that it's the last bedroom is what makes that that McCollum buzzer beater just one of the biggest shots probably in recent memory for the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, it was huge. And, you know, I don't know how many buzzer beaters there have been anyway, but, uh, you know, you get a buzzer beater in a rivalry game, the last regular season matchup of a of an in-conference rivalry game. I know that this one doesn't have the finality that football, the, the, the feel of finality that football had. And I think we all are of the opinion that at some point, whether it's a year, two years, I, like, I don't think anybody thinks a long period of time is going to go by where these two teams don't play in basketball. And it's just so much easier, right, to schedule a non conference type of series or, you know, make it a perennial thing. Uh, it's so much easier to do that with so many more games to work with on a schedule than it is in football. Uh, but. I feel like both coaches have kind of also given us the impression uh, talking about this series that, that they're totally open to this thing continuing on. Whereas with football, you didn't have that. Why not? We should, they, they need to find a way to make it happen. Right. I mean, it just, it makes too much sense. There's not the stakes in basketball that there is in football. I mean, I, I understand why if Oklahoma state doesn't want to go out of their way, you schedule so far out in your non-conference how punitive a non-conference loss is potentially. So, I mean, like, I, I get it. I, I understand. Basketball, though, you know, I think it would make a, a lot more sense. I think that you could make that happen every other year, play at each other's gym, and continue to, to fulfill the rivalry. And, you know, who knows how long the current coaches are going to be at their respective schools. But I like the fact that it seems like both programs are open and wanting to, to see this rivalry continue it should it needs to yeah are you uh are you 100 percent into draft season as we enter the nfl combine week yeah you know today's like kind of fool's gold because they report but we don't get anything yet right. you know we, i mean 100 percent, dude i mean i'm i'm <laughs> locked stock in two smoking barrels uh, i'm 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 fired up and excited i saw today that uh the report that marvin harrison jr not only isn't just performing in indy he's not going He's just like, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. I I get that. Look, you do you. He's not going to hire an agent. Maybe his dad's his advisor. I mean, his dad's a Hall of Fame wide receiver, obviously, Marvin Harrison Sr. But I, I don't quite understand. Um, you know, I hope they only give out so many invites. You know, I think of a guy like Drake Stoops, who probably super close to getting an invite and doesn't. 
he would give anything to have that invite. Right. You've got, you know, a guy like Marvin Harris, like, oh, I'm good. I'm not even going to show up. So, I mean, look, I mean, by all accounts, from what I've been told, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a great young man, a uh, great teammate. I've uh, been treating himself like a professional for a while. I don't know what his reasons are, but, like, to me, that's unfortunate. If they're unable to, you know, reissue an invite and he just no-shows and they don't, you know, they don't use that invite, you know, who else could that have gone to? Even if it's not Drake Stoops, it's somebody that I'm sure would have looked at the combine as a great and phenomenal opportunity for their, you know, their career path, their draft process, whereas Marvin Harrison, this is a first for me that I've heard of. I, again, we've heard of guys saying, ah, I'm not going to run, I'm not going to lift, I'm good, I'm sure to do interviews. But to not even show up and say, I don't even know if I'll be a pro day or not, check out my film. I wonder if this is going to be a new strategy that more guys implement because this is the first of its kind in my knowledge. Well, it's crazy because there have been plenty of guys that have not worked out or not, you know, like quarterbacks always get criticized for not throwing. And I've seen a lot of that with like Caleb Williams this week, right? Like he's not embracing competition. The combine is there for him to show off his skills. And if everybody is convinced that his skills are good enough to go number one, like what does he have to gain from throwing at the combine? You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, there's like... There's this thing where I think people feel like you're going to hurt your stock maybe by not working out. And for the guys that are already at the top, like where do they go but down if they have a bad performance? But to your point, I mean, not even showing up, not going through any sort of like conversational period or even just shaking hands is, I mean, that to me is almost a red flag. It's weird. Like why? Why, why is there not going to be any sort of like, you're just you just don't want any interaction. You don't want to shake any hand. Like even even if you don't want to do the interviews, you just don't don't even want to be boots on the ground. Like that's very odd. It's odd to me. And he look, this is a loaded wide receiver room. Like at the top of the draft, middle rounds, like there are receivers flooded everywhere. You know who I bet loves this? Roma Dunze. You know, Malik neighbors, guys that that are going to be, you know, jockeying for a position at the very top of the draft at wide receiver. And I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the top receiver. I don't think it's by a wide margin. If you're Roma Dunze and you don't just show up, but you show out, you put on a show and you catch the ball clean and you dominate your interviews, who knows? Maybe for that team that's going to be up there and not taking quarterback and wide receivers – the number one need on their board, maybe it's Roma Dunze who sneaks in there. So um, obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. feels he doesn't need it. I just thought just even from um, from the medical side of things, you know, that's where they, they go. Are you hiding something? You know, I get – you get poked, prodded, you get x-rayed, MRI'd. I mean, I, unfortunately, I had to spend almost an entire day getting my back MRI'd, my lower back, my x-rays kind of red flagged and so several teams wanted me to get MRIs and I spent a lot of time there but that's part of the research that these teams do it just it just seems very odd to me again I I'm sure at some point we'll get a better understanding but um I hope this isn't the norm like even though the combine was an unbelievably stressful time for me personally it was an amazing opportunity and I'm glad that I had the chance to take advantage of that um, and more than anything, I'm hoping that if Marvin Harrison didn't 
I'm hoping that in the future, players that aren't going to show up, if this is a trend, they let them know soon and utilize that opportunity for someone that's going to take advantage of it. Because, you know, for a lot of guys, it, it, is, it is a great opportunity maybe to, to move up draft boards or just get on certain teams' radars that maybe aren't going to be at your pro day that you get a chance to sit down with, have interviews with, and grab someone's attention that you might not uh, been able to have the opportunity without the combine. So, uh, but that was that was the biggest thing so far, day one of, of people starting to show up. I saw that and I'm like, what next? I had to read it like four times. Like, am I reading this right? He's he's not going to show up. He's he's just not even going to be there. And it's just like, huh, that that's different. And I hope it's not a trend. Again, there have been lots of guys that haven't worked out and that, that doesn't necessarily hurt their stock, but just yeah. skipping everything altogether is very, very curious. Uh, we'll have a lot to catch up on uh, Wednesday with the Combine and you know maybe the uh, overreactions, both good and bad by that point. But uh, Dusty, have a good week, and we'll chat on Wednesday afternoon. Sounds good, buddy. We'll talk to you then. That is Dusty Dvorak joining us via the Blitz Hotline. I'm Colby Daniels along with Jeremy Poplin and Scott File. Quick time out and we're back on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.